0: Chelsea and I are sitting on the porch, rocking chair style, with the linear appraisal report and a cider and a beer. And uh, we're just giving some thoughts on how the day went. So maybe we could start out, uh, uh, I'll just ask my wife what her overall impressions were, and then we'll get into the details and musings and laughing and crying after that what, what do you think the overall impression was that you had
1: well i think that you know every year i'm always we've done this now this is our fifth year doing linear appraisal and we've had a different appraiser employee every year um, and i am just i'm impressed every year that we learn something new each and every time and that the appraisers are always professional and courteous and know what they're doing um, it's really an amazing program that ADGA is able to offer to its members. So I think that's always, like, the number one thing I always come away with. Um, beyond that, it's one of my favorite days of the year. <laughs> All the stress and prep and everything, I still love it because it's so data-driven and numbers-based that I really like seeing kind of what progress we're making and how our goats stack up against the perfect goat. So um I like that there's always something new to learn, too. That it's never like, oh, yeah, we've always done this, and it's, we're never going to learn something new now. Like, no, we always learn something new. I think that's cool. How about you? What are your overall thoughts?
0: I always take great joy when somebody who's seen goats all the way across the nation in all kinds of different, you know, herd management styles, when they you know, finish scoring a goat and they say, that is a good milking goat, she's doing good work. Um, That just, that just excites me. Um, My overall impression this season is, uh, is, is one that I feel confident that we've seen enough linear appraisals now and we've gone through the linear appraisal process enough times now that I felt like this season we could really conceptualize how it was going to flow start to finish. Uh, Just including this planning out a time to sit down at the end and talk through some of the things that we we noticed and picked up. So I feel like the the streamline uh, aspect of how we did a bunch of work to get set up, we made sure everything was prepared ahead of time. Uh, You know, we were... In the moment when the appraiser was here and the rest of the evening was, you know, we could go through it without having too much trouble because we had thought of it ahead of time on how to do that. I think that that makes this moment right now talking about it much more, much more solid for me. Um, it's more rewarding. It's more rewarding. I feel like we can talk through the details and make more processing sense of it because I don't also have to be in the middle of cooking dinner right now and you know doing all the extra barn chores. I mean that's that stuff is done and now now we can just talk through the the, the points that were important to us that stood out the most and and really have this conversation. So that's that's my overall impression is a streamlined uh process and now we can now we can think about and talk about it together so I'm excited for it
1: well and it's not just this conversation I know I at least come back to these numbers over and over again over the next few weeks and months as we make breeding decisions and herd management decisions and culling who's leaving who's staying type decisions Um, these numbers really help shape our herd's direction for the next year so I look at the sheet over and over again (laughs) It doesn't. It's not just today (laughs) because it is so much to take in in one day Mm -hmm. um, that it's it's nice to have this in front of us to be able to go back to and look at and compare even, you know, goats amongst each other for today. But also, you know, there's one goat on here that we've appraised her now five times so we can look back and see over time how has it changed or stayed the same. Um, And that's just that's really valuable data to have.
0: And I noticed even when we were milking goats, uh, some of these conversations re- related to the linear appraisal traits or scores uh, comments uh, really stood out and, and came to our mind, and we, we talked about them uh, during our milking time today. Uh, w- were there any uh, were there any scores or any things that really stood out to you as kind of like that, kind of like the golden nugget. Like, something stood out to me our first linear appraisal, which was rump. Um, yeah. Rump width. And and that that stood out to us. And, that
1: other herds had it, and we didn't.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. And our goats didn't do very well because they didn't have it. Um, was there anything like that in, in this year's appraisal?
1: Um, we had two, like, first-time accomplishments this time. Um... Or three, actually. One is on that rump width, we hit some decent numbers in rump width, rump width finally. We had some does hit six inches in rump width, which, as you know, for a Nigerian is really good. Um, and it just, we know that makes that kidding process easier and stuff. There's more room for the goat to birth kids and to carry their udder underneath them. Um, so that's why that's valuable.
0: I just want to take a quick moment to uh, just reflect on that. That rump width gets a number in the linear appraisal report. But what I find really helpful is oftentimes the appraisal will will tell you that the rump width does help with kidding, um, and, and of course you can find that information out from other breeders and your own experience. But what really makes this program valuable for us is to see a number and then see how it practically relates to your herd management or your 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 goat's health or future longevity. That's the part that really gets me excited. When we talk about rump width, um, we're looking at ease of birthing, which in dairy herd, and we're there all the time. You know that's a primary focus for us.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, and then the other couple things that stood out to me some of our were our first like I was saying this year um this is the first year that we had a doe score above a final score 90 um the linear appraisal scores for those final scores are related to uh similar to the grade scale in school so 100 is technically the highest so 90 and above is 90 percent or higher basically um we had a doe hit 91 this year which was exciting um and then we also had two does get um, E, which is excellent, or again that ninety percent and above in all four of the final categories: um, general appearance, dairy strength, body, and mammary. So those were kind of our, our firsts that I know I was really excited about.
0: Mm-hmm. And and for those of you you know listening in, you you get a uh, a letter score on uh, four different categories.
1: Plus the structural.
0: Plus the structural categories. The four major categories are general appearance, dairy strength, body, and mammary. And excellent is your very uh, highest. It goes all the way down to very good, uh, good plus, acceptable, fair, and poor. Um, So, you know, that a nationally, um, you know... uh, scorecard can rate our goats in that excellent it, it truly is something to sit here on the porch and and be excited about because these are goats that we have you know bred for these conditions that we uh, have evaluated for several years um, and have kept uh, because we felt they were getting close to that and, and this linear appraisal is a once a year snapshot um, so I, I think it's it's really valuable to take this time to sit down and talk together um, while we're in the moment of the uh, appraisal. So you had mentioned the uh, the scores that were really stood out to you and the firsts uh, were there any things that really surprised you?
1: Um surprised me besides the mosquitoes that are currently biting me um i think some of our you know nothing really surprised me hugely and that's actually something that i love every year at appraisal there are almost every year at appraisal the scores in linear traits structural and the final categories really tend to confirm mostly what we were already thinking um the scores may be a bit higher, or a bit lower than we thought. Um, the one that got 91 surprised us a bit just because she's kind of our, our sleeper superstar. She's, we never expect her to do much. And yet she consistently outperforms a lot of her herd mates in a lot of ways. Um, for example, she wasn't on my nationals list, but that may change. <laughs> <laughs> um um this is a, a kind of a yearbook picture per se. It's a it's a one snapshot on one day, so things can change. And she's always been a nice doe, so I think that's a fair score for her. Um To be fair though, we can't just talk about the high scores. We also had a first in our one of our lowest scores <laughs> this year. Um our doe who kidded had her babies only a week ago, uh Lady Gaga. She didn't score as well. Her final score was a 77. And she's a yearling. She only kidded a week ago. And she prolapsed her uterus twice. So, you know, it, she's alive. And that's kind of her badge of honor right now. I think that's fine. Um, and also, as a lesson to
0: any other goat in our herd, like <laughs> yeah. if you get lower than a 77, you better
1: have prolapsed yeah, twice in the <laughs> last <prolap> week. twice, <laughs> or like,
0: maybe you're dead. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Um, cause for our herd, it wouldn't be normal to score that low otherwise. Um, so yeah, those kind of were the, some of the things that stuck out. I was pleased that, um, Irish, my perfect goat, um, got her, got a 90 again and she actually went up in a final category score. And then, um, she got a 90 as well last year. She's very consistent. And so that really was very gratifying that she's holding together well as she continues to mature. Um, And how about her daughters? How did uh, Irish's daughters uh, Uh, do? We only have one of Irish's daughters fresh, and she did all right. It wasn't a fabulous score, but it was all right. She um, got uh, excellent in both dairy strength and body, very good in general appearance, and good plus in mammary with a final score of 84, um, which is fine for... a. A younger doe. She's not even quite two. and Or is just barely two. Yeah, she's barely two. Um, So I think she's doing well for her age. Not as well as her mom, but it was a a cross of some different genetics to make her. And then her other daughter from last year is not fresh yet. She's still a dry yearling. So she'll get bred soon.
0: Well, something I was curious uh, about asking you is, are there any of our junior does who haven't been freshed yet, are there any of them that you are excited to take another look at in light of seeing these linear appraisal and structural categories and traits? Is there anything that really, is there any any of our does coming from uh, the ones we had appraised today that you're excited to take another look at and watch more closely?
1: Um... Yeah, I'm really curious to see how Java's daughters do, given that she scored well this year um, and And has in the past. Two of her other daughters, three of her daughters, three total. One is actually about to freshen in in a week and a half. She's in our kidding pen. Yeah, she's in the kidding pen being watched. We Um, checked her ligaments
0: tonight just to make sure.
1: Yeah, she didn't want to add to the celebration of the day or anything. Uh, But Journey's due, and so we'll get to see her first fresh yearling utter. And then she has another daughter from last year, Journey Sister Horizon. And then she also has uh, her baby from this year is Lulabelle. And I'm really excited to see how Lulabelle matures. Because Java could use some length in body, and Lulabelle is long. So I'm really excited to see how she matures. Yeah,
0: I noticed the appraiser commented that they would like to see a little bit longer length in Java. And uh, my ears perked up because... Looking at Lulabelle, she's just this long truck of a goat. So
1: yeah, you know, maybe exciting. we've got
0: something going there. That's Java for me was my eyebrow razor of, wow, this goat really attracted some attention. And uh, I'm glad that we, we chose to keep her uh, because she was, a, she was a yearling and didn't freshen. We tried to breed her and she didn't Who freshen. Was that? Java?
1: No, she freshened as a yearling. And she was scored as a yearling. She did really well. She, as a two-year-old, decided to give herself a That's year right. off.
0: So she took a year <laughs> off as a two-year-old. That's what it was.
1: Yeah. So she freshened it for just her second adds, time as a three-year-old. She just
0: wanted to add drama to this she moment.
1: She did. She yeah. is dramatic. Yeah. She likes to yodel, too.
0: Yeah. So are you <laughs> considering... Uh, you know, if she goes into the shows, uh, you know, what you're going to do about explaining her yodeling to other people? Like,
1: I'm just going to say it's part of her charm.
0: Okay, good. <laughs>
1: good. It's what makes Java, Java. At least it's not a bellow. <laughs> um, what are you, are, besides the bit about Lulabelle, what are you seeing as, like, the potential... Coming up, or things you're considering or reconsidering now that we have these numbers in front of us?
0: Something that I always like looking at, and uh, you know, when I'm out in the milk barn, when I'm feeding uh, our animals, I'm always trying to think of uh, some of our lines. Uh, You know, today we had two sisters appraised, one right after the other, and even the appraiser was you know, making the comment like, oh, are these, uh, they have a common sire, I, I think was the appraiser's comment, and, um, I, you know, I like to see some, my goal is that our, our lines will have some consistency within them that, uh, you know, sisters or mother-daughter will have, you know, scores that, uh, you know, very closely um, resemble each other. Obviously, we're still in the in in the process of making some improvements and looking for you know how to lengthen a doe like Java. Um, but what I really like is seeing some consistency in our in our lines. That it makes me feel that when we look at a structural trait like uh, head, and we make a breeding choice and we see that head get an excellent score. In the offspring, it makes me feel like, oh, this, is, this is something that, that we can make these choices on. Because in, in breeding goats, there are some you know roll-of-the-dice chances um, that, that we do take. And when you have sister pairs, uh, it's, it's really exciting to evaluate the two sister pairs and then make a choice and move forward from, from there. Um, the one thing that really surprised me was uh, our goat, Freedom. Which we lovingly uh,
1: talk about barbecue talk about
0: eating because she just escapes everything she's this wily goat that just she she's she just named, appropriately, named appropriately named yeah. appropriately, and the appraiser noted some work uh on on our herd that she seemed to really balance put into balance and do well with um. Which is never something I've thought of. Uh, uh, freedom as a you know a balancer, balanced? <laughs> yeah. So it was um, you know it was a bit of a hyperbole to see this wily goat get a balancing or herd uh, score and comments from the appraiser. But it was nice that something like that in in a linear appraisal program like this can just catch your attention and catch your eye long enough to make you take another look. Um, do some evaluation and and I just i I love that that's that's the most fun that I have with this program is getting my brain trained to have another look at something
1: well, it very much makes it all very real because it 's all in numbers and scores it makes it real, and it um has a tendency to reveal barn blindness. We can all get barn blind in good ways or bad. you know we can think that something's great or be trying to convince ourselves it's great because we like the goat. And maybe it's not, and this is a reality check. Or you can have a situation like Freedom, where we badmouth her all the time, and turns out she's not so bad, on paper, at least. And then we can take that more realistic view and decide where we go with that. Is it worth putting up with the personality? Is it not? Is it something that, because we love the goat, it's worth putting up with the trait that needs some work, and we just try really hard to find a sire that will complement that well to fix the issue in the offspring? because there is no perfect goat. Um, but it gives us some real data and pieces to work with instead of just our barn-blind opinion.
0: <laughs> we had talked a little bit when we were milking about the rump width, that that was what we took away from our very first linear appraisal, that we need to get goats with uh, a rump width uh, wider than we had. And so... Um, here we are on our Vier fifth.
1: utter height. That was the other one. Okay. And we got both. And Fixed so here we are, length. five
0: five years later into the the breeding program, and we we have does scoring. Um,
1: excellent. They're excellent. Now, wow. Not all of them, but there are. But more there than are a handful. few that
0: we've made the choices on that they have excellent. Obviously, that's something you know we continue to work with. But is there anything? You know that's starting to percolate through your vision sense. On what what do we try to bring in uh, now to complement uh, our herd? Or is there enough patterns in in our herd that you know something can be uh, worked on? You know what rises to the surface of uh, a vision or a goal?
1: I think for me it is that the teats on our herd pretty consistently point more forward as opposed to plumb straight down. And that is not only a little bit harder to milk, but it also dings us pretty heavy on it, makes the udder look more tilted than it is. It makes it look slung forward because that's drawing your, your eyeline forward. Um, so I would really like to have that be a pretty heavy factor as we move forward with, the offspring, both last year's generation as they start freshening, as well, and then this year's generation as they freshen, seeing if we're starting to work with that now, with the bucks we've chosen to use, and if not, beginning a hardcore search of a buck who has proven daughters that have that structural piece more correct than the mm-hmm. bulk of our herd does. So I think that's one of the big areas for improvement. But you have to be careful that you don't give up something else when you're Trying to fix something it's, its always give and take. You can't have it all necessarily. There is no perfect goat.
0: <laughs> I think that's good to remember, and uh, oftentimes except in, for
1: Irish, okay. she's perfect.
0: Oftentimes, you know, when especially when the younger does are appraised, you get this bucket of parts, uh, where there are some really good things happening, but they're just not all working together. And uh, that reminded me of uh, one of our Bucks, Surfer, who had this just beautiful shoulder assembly, great front legs, um, you know, reserve grand champion. The judges really appreciated how this old man had held up over time. And, and now we're seeing some of our uh, does uh, get this, uh, you know, excellent and very good shoulder assembly that our... Um, you know in in our bucks lineage and it's exciting to see those those traits come through how do we you know how do we move on and and look at uh, you know traits that are uh, you know able to be traced through you know a certain buck or a certain doe like what is you know is it a science is it an art how do, you, how do you go about approaching that? Um, you know as a breeder, trying to strengthen the breed as a whole? Um, what are the things you look for to?
1: Well, it's both. It's a science and an art. Um, as the art piece, I think we're still training ourselves largely and being trained by other people who know more than we do about this and been doing it longer. Um, on what to look for and how different pieces blend well together or don't. Um, There's also a science to it, and there's a lot of math as well. There are databases online that have all of this data and broadcast it out over like, okay, this buck has all of these offspring and there's all of their scores. Um, One of the problems with the, or challenges with the Nigerian dwarf breed is that there just aren't that there isn't that much depth of data yet. Um, cause it's a newer breed because it's a newer breed to appraisal because not everyone scores bucks. Um, because a, a lot of bucks just aren't that proven yet. So it's hard to look in there and be like, I need a buck who has daughters that consistently score in this range for this trait. You can find that, but more so for the other breeds than for ours. Mm. And that's tough. That's a real challenge. Um, so a lot of times it's kind of a guess. It's a guessing process. You know, genetics is both a science and an art. There are no givens. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it varies quite a bit. Um, we have several sets of full sisters that it's proof of how much genetics can vary. They can be very, very different. Not always, but sometimes. Um, so I think that's, it, it is a process. It, there's not a, a magic Cure all that, like oh, if I do this or use this buck, my herd will be perfect in two years. It doesn't work that way, and, and that's it'd be something... kind of boring if it did. Yeah, honestly.
0: I, I I agree <laughs> with that. I think that's something that makes the linear appraisal process exciting for us. Is that we we get this mix of science and art. You know, we have an idea, we try it out. Uh we get to evaluate it, obviously 365 days a year. And then on this day, we get to have someone come out and use the scorecard to evaluate them and get a snapshot. And and, and I think that helps uh, helps that process helps defining that process of, gosh, this buck really seems to um, have good uh, head and you know, shoulder assembly, but this T placement is really, our buck is just not doing that. It seems across the board, so or at least not
1: fixing it. He not may not, not be making it, it worse, so but he's not fixing it. So yeah,
0: so it, it gives us some some starting places to to really work with this science and art piece. Um, I don't know something to to think about too. Um, you know, we have a saying that the network is what makes our farm work, and something i noticed today in this uh you know being a linear appraisal day it was also the same appraisal day for several other herds in our area that you know we know and we talk with them and uh you know we work together we go to the shows together um so this isn't just about you know our herd and our herd scores we really get part of a get to be part of a community on this Um, you know, how, how have you found being part of a community of goat breeders to be helpful for you in making some of these art and science choices?
1: Well, I found it's, um, maybe other areas of the country are the same way and I wouldn't know. I don't live there, but I feel very grateful to be in this Northwest area because there are so many herds, Nigerian dwarf herds in particular, because that's where my focus is, um that spend vast sums of time and money and energy bettering their herds as much as they can and participating in performance programs like we do, whether that's show or appraisal or milk test or all of it. Um, because that as, as everybody moves the breed forward a little bit, we move it forward more together, I think. Um, and so that's neat and it's always really nice to have then a fairly large pool of community members to, Bounce ideas off of and to look at, like, you can look at another herd's scores and see, oh, do you have a buck who seems to consistently be improving his daughter's whatever? Maybe I need a son from him or um, things like that. And that we have such a depth of amazing genetics and performance animals in this area is really a blessing to be able to not have to haul something in from across the country. That's always a good option, too. But it's not always doable for us, so it's nice to have some in you know, our backyard options. Yeah, um, and think, just the camaraderie yeah. too. It's really enjoyable to do this as a group. So I,
0: I think what I really enjoyed uh, going thinking back to our first appraisal is is we had uh, taken our goats to another herd's uh, appraisal, and I think there were one or two other herds there doing the appraisal together and 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 there was a uh, a feeling of everyone's in here working together to make these animals better to take really good care of them um and and this year we got to host another herd coming to the farm and it was just great to have that that sense of we're all we're all here working together and uh we want our animals to be the best and we want to look out for each other and um i you know i, I think that's a a value that uh, goes beyond just the data scores. The data scores are definitely valuable, um, but they don't score on you know your your friendly goat breeder who lives just forty five minutes down the road that you can call in the middle of the night <laughs> when your goat's uh, uterus is just prolapsed and you <laughs> you ask them, hey, <laughs> I think you've been through this before. Um, how do I how do I take care of this next? You know. Um, I, I I think that's a real value piece that the more herds in our area that do this uh appraisal process that the more opportunities there are for um, you know finding a diamond in the rough i mean that that was the case with uh with our friend whose uh, doe performed excellent on milk test and who scored a ninety on appraisal this you know herd owners he's
1: across the Board, I think. Yeah. yeah.
0: First appraisal ever, 90 across the board. And I don't know that that goat would have ever been discovered had that goat not been seen by, uh, you know, someone who had been through a linear appraisal process and started looking at animals <coughs> in that uh, structural and linear trait category. I mean, even the appraiser today was making comments about looking at other animals, you know, other animals uh like elk or deer and just starting to notice and appreciate how these animals move uh, how their body's structured you know and, and just try to understand uh, an animal through that structure piece it was it was a very valuable skill um, that I think I could practice um, anytime i go anywhere and see other animals and not just goats but other animals too to help train my brain so I can start seeing these better in our own herd
1: well, and what I think is neat, too, is I think it's worth pointing out that we've been talking a lot about the structural categories and the final categories and final score. And that can make it sound like it's about competing for the best score. Like, yeah, everybody likes a nice score that's fun and it makes their babies worth more and that type of thing. But what's really cool about the linear appraisal program is it is called a linear appraisal. And there are a whole bunch of what they call the linear traits, which are traits they actually like measure. They have measurements and guidance for how those are determined, and those are scored on a linear scale from 0 to 50. And within those, ADGA does not publicize or tell you what the score should be. There isn't a right answer. There are ranges with each trait that make more sense than others, because if you get to either extreme, you start to lose function one way or the other. Um, But within those kind of ranges... You can decide what you like for your herd. So, if you like really big teats like we do because we hand milk, we can do that.
0: You can. Well, Let's see our. 46s? Yeah, the our, teeth our teat
1: lengths are consistently. Yeah yeah they they're high they're yeah. they're up there in the thirties and forties for the most part
0: you know um, your uh, your goat's <laughs> teats are big when the three year old comes over and helps milk and says, Wow, those are big teats <laughs> yeah,
1: farm kids are awesome um but there are other pieces there too there's you know the their dariness and their strength and their stature is you know a height piece there is a an upper limit of what's reasonable for our breed there um but it's neat, you can kind of design your breeding program then around those numbers. If you want numbers consistently in a certain range, you can breed and cull for those numbers. Um, and Adga isn't going to tell you what's right or wrong. You know, you can make those choices, which is neat. It's not like there's one perfect animal out there. You can you can use both science and art for that section, mm. which is nice.
0: And just a little uh, deviation here. We're both sitting here, cider and beer. And, uh, and I think that's well-earned because as we look at these numbers, uh, it also reflects a lot of the work that we did to get these animals prepared for today and a lot of planning that we did to make sure we were prepared for today. Uh, what, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on, on how the, uh, the preparations went for this uh, linear appraisal today?
1: Um. I think I'd start backwards and say that it ran really smoothly. Um, I said the appraiser was timely and professional. We had our animals and the area for our animals prepared. So everything was able. I mean, there wasn't a hiccup the whole time. It went very smoothly. Um, The appraiser commented on how well organized not only our appraisal was, but others that the appraiser had been to as well. Um, And I think that's really important to realize that you have, you're, you're interacting both animals and people and a schedule and data, and an important data program, that um, the better organized it is, the better it is for everyone. It makes it less stressful. There is a lot of prep, though. We've been shaving goats for, it should have been two weeks, but it's only been a week, um, and getting the area mode and canopies set up so we'd have shade and making sure we had water and a meal. Um, so there was a lot of prep, and that goes even before, or, you know, that all comes after, like, that we made sure the goats were bred in time to be appraised and have yeah. been me- making breeding decisions for nine years just about that impacted today basically so um, there was a lot of prep work involved but I think it's worth it um, I said I really enjoy participating in it each year I know it's it's kind of like uh, what do they call it finals week in college whatever hell week <laughs> it's kind of like that but it's great not only during but once it's over too it's like, oh, okay, now what? It's kind of invigorating to, like, look at this next year and breeding decisions through, like, fresh numbers and fresh eyes again. How about you? You bared the brunt of a lot of the lifting and slugging and carrying part. Yeah,
0: I I, I think, you know, as, as much work as it takes to prepare for a day like this... Um, Knowing that we can sit here and have this conversation and really process and get the true value of what we're participating in and what our goals are and and get into that, even the mode of celebration. Um, I, I think it it really motivates me to, you know lug buckets of water out for the goats while they're uh, waiting on the tie lines, you know, twelve goats, you know the the appraiser do, do 14. fourteen, right? <laughs> The appraiser does a great job of, you know, making it run smoothly. Uh, so I don't know what the total time was in between, but it seemed like it clipped along pretty well. But still, if you have 14 animals, you know, even at five minutes, uh, you know, uh, a goat, you know, that's, some goat's going to be sitting there for an hour. And, uh, you know, we had... Uh, uh, it was hot today. And it was hot today, yeah. So we had the shade canopy up... Uh, We had uh, the water buckets out and filled. Only one bucket got knocked over, and I had another fresh bucket ready to go because I anticipated somebody (laughs) knocking it over, and so we had to put it out there.
1: Because goats?
0: Yeah. Now, the goats didn't drink the buckets all the way down, but the fact that they were there, I think, helped them a little bit more, especially because today interrupted their normal routine, and they wanted to chat and talk about how we had interrupted their routine a lot. So... (laughs) Uh, it was good to know that at least we have the water prepared. And then a day or two ago, I guess it was two days ago, we had cut a bunch of grass from the field. And we were starting to dry it because it's been so hot.
1: Because I thought we should make hay by hand.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and as the goats were sitting out there and we had all this hay drying, I was like, well, we'll just toss it in the aisle for them. And that seemed to calm them down and make them a little bit happier. So I was glad that we had uh, some of these other pieces come together. Um, to make the goats happy. I'm o- I'm always concerned on linear appraisal day of, like, how are the goats doing? Are they stressed out? Are they, you know, hungry? Are they thirsty? Are they getting overfilled? And, and today I really felt like we did the goats right by this yes. linear appraisal. We weren't running them through the gamut. We weren't starving them, overfilling them, giving them heat stroke.
1: It was not rushed or stressful. Yeah. It was calm and orderly.
0: I mean, we had a few does that seemed a little sunburnt after getting shaved and after having sunscreen on them.
1: Yeah, 70 SPF. It's still yeah. just hot. <laughs>
0: and what I thought the appraiser's comments were really valuable in that were if you want to show this animal in a national show, consider keeping them inside out of the sun because when they get shaved, they just they're going them. to want to go sit out in the sun. And so knowing that is kind of adds to that you know. Preparing ahead in advance. Oh, if we're going to be clipping goats, we need a shady spot for them to be, like, all day.
1: Contained for probably a, so several they, days, so they <laughs> gradually adjust. So they don't until some grows pink back.
0: and burned or anything like that. <laughs>
1: Which is where clipping them a little early helps. Yeah. But it didn't work that way this year. Yeah. Next year. <laughs>
0: um, so we've moved our herd twice... In nine the months. last year, and twice in the last last nine, nine months, um, you know how does that how does that affect your thoughts on um, this year's appraisal, but also moving forward?
1: Um, I would say that I've heard multiple appraisers and long time breeders say that anytime you move an animal from one home to the next, whether it's with you or to a new herd. You can expect up to a year for them to actually rebound and be back to what, like, they would have been doing had you not moved them. Um, Goats are very much creatures of habit, and that type of stress is very challenging for them. I compare it to kind of like moving with toddlers or preschoolers. They really struggle with it, too, and they show it in weird ways sometimes. Um, Goats are the same way, and it can affect how many... It can affect like their reproductive fertility, how many babies they have, if they get pregnant or not, how smooth their pregnancy goes. It can affect their milk production. Um, it can affect their overall coat and condition, just in like mineral things can be affected, because they're just not as resilient if they're stressed. Um, so I think that we had some does do as well as they did, given the stresses of the last year and a half, I guess it's been. Um, I'm very pleased. There's some that I'm fairly forgiving on given the stresses they've been through. I think it impacted at least one of our older does more than others. Um, I think our younger does, younger does are, it's going to be hit or miss on scores anyway, cause they're just young. They're a bucket of parts. Like you said, um, I am looking forward to being in the same spot for the foreseeable future, um, and not having to do that. To them or us. (laughs) Um, I'm also really excited with the spot we've landed. Because it's sunny and warm a lot of the time. We get a lot of rain. So the pasture can be in fairly good shape. But the sandiness means that it drains well. um, So their hooves are in better shape. They pretty much across the board scored better in feet than they did previously. We were just talking about that their feet look better. Um, So I think... Some of the herd management pieces, as those fall into place, given that we're in a new spot um i I'm really hopeful for the future that I think the potential is there for the herd to continue to improve
0: yeah the the change in uh you know how we've uh, you know gone from more muddy clay type soils to more sandy dry soils I know it definitely uh, influenced our focus on feet I mean we even got a new tool to trim the feet um, in in a way that uh, I, I think will just continue their improvement on their on their hooves um, something I, I wanted to talk about real quick is this uh, first freshener score I mean the first freshener score it's you know, you, you can't have expectations for 90s and above for a first freshener because they're they're just their bodies are going through so much change. They
1: actually can't but, score over an 89. Well, yeah, and there <laughs> they go. So
0: it's it's impossible to score over uh, an 89. Um, now we've been doing it enough years. We've seen some of our does get their first freshener score, and then we've seen them improve it in later years. Um but that first freshener score it, you kind of have to, to, to hold on to it and consider the possibilities you have to look really deep into that first freshener to see if it's a dough that you hold on to yeah
1: Don't barbecue your first fresheners <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Give them time. <laughs> I've heard several breeders say things along those lines and yeah it's true and sometimes it's really helpful to look back especially if it's a dough that you've had that line for a while to look back at her mom's score and her mom's, you know, her grandma's score and see as a yearling and see like, Oh yeah, she looked like that too. And now look at her as a five-year-old or whatever. Like it does get better. Um, yearlings are a bucket of parts and first fresheners, those first time moms just haven't had the development yet to sustain that over time. So it takes time to get to that point.
0: Well, I think we're uh, probably about ready to finish our beer and cider here. What's, what's something real quick that you would want to do differently for the next appraisal as far as the nuts and bolts of getting everything ready and prepared? Uh... What's something you would do the same because you thought it was really effective. So a two-part uh, Two question. Two-part question. I'm feeling ambitious.
1: Feeling ambitious. All right. Two things that I would do differently. One is within my control and the other isn't entirely within my control. Not entirely within my control would be I would really like to clip goats about a week to five days to a week sooner. So that they have a little bit more hair growth back. They're not battling potential sunburn. Um this year we had to clip when we did because it was cold two weeks ahead and I wasn't willing to work risk sick goats for it. So we made that choice. Um, so that's where it's not entirely within our control. And then the other piece is I think it would be neat to use our big bamboo poles that we have all over the place and suspend some shade cloth over the actual appraisal area mm. where the goats are because some appraisers like to take some breaks and sit down some and therefore can be in the shade But um, some appraisers don't. They prefer to just keep moving pretty quickly. And in that case, the appraiser and you and the goat are all in the sun for an hour big The herds are. Yeah, it was almost two hours today to get through 14, well, 15 goats. um,
0: I think that would look really cool to have a bunch of bamboo poles out there with... Shade cloth over it. It would look like, uh I don't know, Copacabana or something
1: like <laughs> yeah. that. It might look a little hokey. But, you know, I think it would be a service to, especially the appraiser who has to yeah. do this day in and day out for a week or two on end. Um, now, if you're looking at rain, you have some different things to consider. I guess you just use the canopies for that area and buy some gutters for them. Um And then something I would do the same is I would... Definitely have a cooler of water cold for the appraiser and everyone, transport herds, yourself. Yeah, I had um, at least two
0: bottles today.
1: Yeah, because, again, hot. Um, and as well as having a, a meal planned uh, appropriate for the time of day. In this case, we made dinner um, and had that available so the appraiser could eat before they headed back to find their hotel for the night. Because they've been at it all day, and they'll be up and at it again tomorrow. Um so I think that's just a, not all appraisers maybe would choose to stay, but I think it's a courtesy to have it. And it was awesome to have something in the crock pot. So now we don't have to make dinner yeah. after all is said and done. We've already eaten.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If I'm hungry, I'll just uh, go nibble on something again and don't have to worry <laughs> about cooking it. And I, I think that's valuable. Uh, something that I would want to do differently uh, for appraisal on this site uh, for next year Um Gosh, I think noting knowing the time of day where I set up the tie lines, one tie line had full shade, and uh, if the appraisal had been two or three hours earlier, the second tie line would have had full shade. But because of uh, you know the sun and time of day, the shade had moved from one tie line. So one tie line was in the sun and I think in the future I would calculate that and make sure at the time of appraisal for you know a couple hours both those tie lines would be in the shade. Even if they weren't in the shade in the beginning of the day you know I want to make sure that that shade part is timed uh, properly. Something I think that I would keep the same um you handled the goats today and uh and and I give you all the props and uh and love for that because um that allowed me to be more uh, of a facilitator and bringing goats to taking goats back um you know being aware if there if a goat did slip a leash, which one of ours did, I could attend to that right away uh because I had the you know the faculty to do that and then because of how I process information, I got to listen and see with my eyes how the goat was moving from the judge's perspective or the appraiser's perspective. And that helped calibrate my brain to look at our animals uh, when I see them moving around. So I would keep that the same. Uh, You know, I'd hope you agree because I'm terrible at moving goats and feeling like I'm doing it wrong. But I'm great at listening and being helpful uh, to what you're doing, so... Is there anything that uh, you, uh, you wish you would have known your very first linear, linear appraisal that you feel like you know now doing it a few times?
1: I wish I had known how much to utter the goats beforehand. Um, because you want them to a functional capacity, comfortable capacity, but not all goats hit that in a normal 10 or 12 hour milking span, um, depending on where they're at in their lactation, depending on the stresses they've been dealing with, depending on the weather, um, and all those sorts of things. So I would wish I would have known that. I think that would have affected things, that first appraisal. But, you know, you start somewhere, and it went fine. Um, The other piece is I wish I had known... I guess we didn't have enough goats to do it then. I love now that instead of going to other Appraisals with our goats and transporting them somewhere else that we host it. It's worth making sure that I may be paying extra per goat to have it happen that way, but it is so worth it to host and for us, for a herd our size, to not have to haul the goats in whatever the weather may be and set up on another property and that type of thing. Um,
0: I agree. Sitting on the porch here, having this conversation, I I think it was money well spent. Yes. Um, And we can... We can keep on coming back to it. And we have this resource now available to us. We have a plan, a system that we can kind of repeat this experience again, um, and and as well as like we have a connection to our community to, uh, you know, you know make make new inquiries about uh, about their herd animals and if you know one of our herd animals might work in their herd, one of their animals might work in ours. Anyways, we have, a, we have a common connection through this. And our first appraisal, I think I was too competitive. I think I was too focused on scores and hmm. competition versus collaboration. And, uh, and that's something I, I wish I would have seen my first appraisal. But I value very much now doing it several times.
1: Yeah, I've found almost more as much value in going and watching other people's appraisal sessions, even if we're not transporting to them. Um, not so much in seeing like, oh, so-and-so's animal did this or that, but more just that being able to watch piece and not have the stress of dealing with my own animals during that time is really neat to see and learn from. You can just learn a lot by listening to, especially when it's the same appraiser over multiple herds, being able to hear like, oh, Sometimes you need something pounded into your head more than once. Like seeing it over and over is like, oh, that's what you mean. (laughs) It can be a light bulb moment sometimes. That's been really beneficial. So, um, And along those lines, it's really neat to, you know, now that I've said we like hosting and not having to transport our herds, we love when other people transport to ours because it brings in that camaraderie piece of being able to do this all as a group and seeing what other animals are doing and um, learning from everyone else too, not just from our own.
0: Um, Well, I think it's probably time for us to uh, finish up here. Uh, Was there anything um, you saw today that uh, sparked some humor? Anything that was uh, funny or enlightening?
1: Uh, I always think it's funny when some of our goats who are maybe snots to the other goats decide to then be all kissy and lovey with us, like, when we're trying to get them appraised and they're supposed to be standing nicely, they're like, but we just want to kiss you. I'm like, this is ironic, because you're normally kind of a brat, you know? Um, so that's funny. But otherwise, my I think my, my closing comment would be, I would really encourage other herds to participate in the program. Um, if you have registered goats with ADGA, or if you don't, register your goats with ADGA, and then get involved with the linear appraisal program. Signups are in the um, winter, generally December, January. And it's just a really valuable program for anyone who's breeding dairy goats. Um, It's a cool program. And if you don't know really how to get started, call Adga and ask or talk to a breeder in your area. There's probably someone who knows. And if not, shoot us an email and uh, we'd be glad to talk you through it.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll let you have the last word. Do you want to just uh let people know how they could get a hold of us? I've really enjoyed this conversation and I enjoy, you know, having this type of conversation with other people. It's maybe more appropriate talking to someone through a specific email or setting up a farm visit than just, you know, like my conversation with the person at the uh, gas station today. You know, I just inserted the linear appraisal uh <laughs> what we were doing, and told them about shaving goats. And, you know, that was great, but uh, it might be more effective if it's like somebody were to email and talk to someone about it. Uh, what's a good way to get a hold of us here at Rainy Sunday Ranch if anybody had any more questions about uh, linear appraisal or had a funny story or is new to the area? How do they get a hold of us here on the farm?
1: Uh, you can get a hold of us here on the farm at our email account, which is Ranch at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, www.RainySundayRanch.com. There's a contact us section there that'll come right to our inbox. Um, You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, both under Rainy Sunday Ranch. And there's a phone number too. That's on the website. You can find that there. (laughs) And then we can text or call, leave a voicemail through that and get a hold of you.
0: Awesome. Well, I really appreciate this conversation and if you had uh one final word to say what what would it be? or do you want me to have the last you word you can have
1: the last word now, you said I can have the last word, but I did it with all the contact stuff, so now you can have the word okay, last but you word. hinted
0: at me like maybe I needed to say something else. Oh, so
1: no, I was looking at you because I was done.
0: you were done, <laughs> okay well, with that i I hope you enjoyed uh listening into this conversation. Uh, it's something that we want to bring, uh, bring about is conversation about raising goats, conversations about participating in performance programs, conversations about skills, uh, that are needed to do this type of farming and raising animals. And as well as just conversations on, you know, eventful stories that happen on the farm. We really believe all these things together create a community community. That that bring us, you know, more connected, uh, more healthy, um, and, and and enrich our lives with more respect towards the animals we're raising.